Before we get to episode 187, I'd like to ask for your support of the I Can't See You podcast. With Amazon Prime Day just a couple days away, when you go to Amazon to shop, I'd really appreciate it if you used my affiliate link. That's icantseeyou.com slash Amazon. That'll take you to the amazon.com homepage. Shop as you normally do, get all the great deals, check out, and I'll earn a small commission, and I really would appreciate it. Again, that's icantseeyou.com slash Amazon. Thank you so much. From Studio B in Swarthmore, this is the I Can't See You podcast with David. It's like blind people for dummies. Hello there, and welcome to episode 187 of the I Can't See You podcast. My name is David, at David Benj on all the socials. I really do appreciate you joining me for today's episode, and I've got a few things to talk about as usual. First of all, let's talk about the episode number 187. It always reminded me of that movie whenever I saw the number 187, whether it came up in the lottery or I was buying something and it came up 187. Uh, Of course, it's the police code for murder or homicide, whichever you prefer. But it made me think of the Samuel L. Jackson movie. So I don't know if I'm killing it or it's killing me or it's a little bit of both. But I have to tell you this. This is the second time I'm recording this episode, the first one I killed. (laughs) And I killed it, and I don't know how. I don't know if I clicked the button errantly, and that seems to be my MO as of late. Uh, I've done it with blindtechshow.com, where it set me back a bit. I may have done it with another site that I'm (laughs) building, and now I've done something to the podcast that I couldn't unmute the button, and and maybe it was just a sign that (laughs) it shouldn't be published. But here we are at episode 187, whether it's a Dr. Dre song or the Samuel L. Jackson movie or just this episode number. Uh, I'm going to lead off with Fourth of July weekend, and I know I talked a little bit about it last week. I had a long weekend because I was off on Friday for a, a glaucoma, sorry, a cornea check, And I got some work done that day, not at the blind bodega. But then I also had off on Monday for Independence Day. And uh, I know if you're outside of the U.S., it was just a normal Monday for you. But in the U.S., everything is closed. There's no mail and anything else going on, parades, fireworks, and, and things like that, all sorts of craziness in Philadelphia. But I probably worked 25 or 30 hours over the weekend on these different projects and editing, and I did not get to episode 40 of White Canes Connect, which disappointed me because I like to put out an episode every week, and I there just wasn't enough time to get it all in. It bothered me that I didn't get it in. However, I will be putting out episode 40 in the next day or two, and I'm actually flip-flopping what was going to be episode 40 will now be episode 41, and episode 40 is going to be an interview we did just the other night with Trish Maunder and Catherine Allen. And they're from Philly Touch Tours, who I've talked to a whole bunch, as you know, and talked about a whole bunch here on the podcast. And we talk about Philly Touch Tours, and we talk about Philly Meetup for the Blind. They were the folks involved with doing the University of the Arts project earlier with the class uh, in museum studies, where the kids had to, sorry, the students had to Uh, come up with different uh, exhibits that 
were accessible or different parts of the museum that were accessible. Some came up with maps. And again, that's I'll put a link to the show notes of that one. That, that one was probably two or three months ago, the, the episodes I did about that. And it was a lot of fun. I love doing stuff like that. Well, the cool thing is, and I was going to save this for later, but the cool thing is about that is that Trish told us about a project she's working on with Amtrak and we are going on Thursday to see a prototype of these inner city train cars uh, that they want our feedback on as far as accessibility goes. And I'm really looking forward to that. So I'm actually taking off an hour or so from work for that. And then right after that, I have to go get fingerprinted and everything else. So I have my GSAA badge uh, so I can work in the IRS building. And I'll talk about the blind bodega in a little bit. Again, 4th of July, while it was good to have off, I, I didn't have complete no work. I, again, 25 or 30 hours over the, the four days. Now, part of the day on Saturday, we went to the Christiana Mall to the Apple Store. Liz needs, needed a computer. Pardon me for hitting the desk. And when she left Walden, she had to obviously turn in the MacBook Air that she had. So we needed to get her something. And we went back and forth. Do we get her a MacBook Air? Do we wait and get her the newest MacBook Air that just was released yesterday or pre-orders started yesterday? And we figured that it was too much for her. She didn't need that. And why spend that extra money? And it was an extra few hundred dollars over the MacBook Air. And so we got her a MacBook Air, an M1 MacBook Air at that. And she's been setting it up the last couple of days. And you know what? She's been doing it primarily on her own, which she doesn't know why she did it without me being around. But she did call me and ask me a couple of questions, and we went over a few things today. And again, I'm recording this on Saturday, the 9th. Again, it's with my schedule at the Blind Bodega, it's going to be tough to record during the week when we're also doing White Canes Connect. I hope to, some weeks, also record my podcast on the Thursday for release, either Thursday or Friday, but we'll see how it goes. It's it's, it's tough. There's just not enough hours in the day. As I've mentioned before, I'm outside the house for uh, 11 to 12 hours from the time I leave till the time I get home, depending on the train and everything else. But we went to the Apple store and on the way down, Liz thought, why don't I get a Genius Bar appointment for my phone? I explained about my phone issues last week and they were still doing some weird things, weird things going on on the phone. So I thought that's a great idea. And so Jane thought it would be best if she called. She was home for 4th of July. So she called, and I was still able to go through my phone when I spoke to the guy on it. She started out the conversation and then gave me the phone, and I talked to the guy. I don't know what the story was with the guy, but he was not getting that I couldn't see. And I know he could hear voiceover going on. He's like, well, what does the screen look like now? I said, I don't know what the screen looks like now. I can't see it. I said, do you want me to see what it says or do I have to look and tell you what's on it? He said, no, just see what it says. And I tapped the screen and dragged my finger around till I listened to what it said. And then I repeated it as if he didn't hear it. His name was Mark and he was horrible, by the way. He said it would be best if we took the phone in to the Genius Bar, which, of course, is the main reason we called in the first place. And he said, we have appointments from 1 to 5. And that was great. We were leaving. It was, I don't know, 11, 11.30 when we're on our way down. And at this point, Liz had run into Costco for a couple of things. And Jane and I were in the car waiting and talking to this guy from, from Apple. 
And when he said, okay, appointments from one to five, I said, do you have something for two? I knew we were going to go eat lunch at Cheesecake Factory, which was delicious, by the way. And he said, oh, we don't have one for two. I said, well, why don't you tell me when you do have something available? And he said, well, from one to five. And I said, that's clearly not the case if I said two o'clock and you don't have it. And he didn't give me any other times. So I said, you know what? If it's available, we'll do one when we walk in. If it's not, we'll just do it another time. I just can't go back and forth with you if you're not going to give me a specific time. You can't say one to five and then <laughs> and then tell me the time I picked isn't available. Give, I mean, I could just start picking various times throughout that, that uh, time frame. And I didn't want to do it too far into the future, meaning three or four o'clock, because I didn't think we were going to be there that long. And I didn't want to do it too soon because I didn't know how busy Cheesecake Factory was going to be. So we left it at that. He did some diagnostics on the phone and said it wasn't a software issue. It was a hardware issue if there is an issue at all. And of course, there's an issue because I've told you about some of the issues that have been going on, some of the problems. So we left it at that. And I'm still having some problems here and there and just some weird stuff going on. And uh, probably some of it is me, some of it is probably dirt, and I've been using compressed air to try and fix those things. But sooner or later, I guess once the new phones come out, I was talking to a couple of folks, once the new phones come out in the fall or late summer, I'll probably get one of those and, and move on. I just hate buying the new phones because they never are, they're never that much better than the one I had. So it just it just bothers me to spend that money on it. As far as the blind bodega goes, and they're actually called grab-and-goes by the state licensing agency, which oversees the business enterprise program in the state of Pennsylvania. I've been working, as I've told you, at the William Green Federal Building in the store that's there. And again, it's like a small convenience store. We sell hot dogs and bottled drinks and chips and popcorn and soft pretzels and things like that, coffee, tea, uh, those sorts of things. Nothing that's really healthy for you, by the way, uh, unless you count the bottled water, I guess. Well, the Kirk who owns, or I shouldn't say owns because they don't pay anything to get into it. Kirk who operates that one as well as the one at the IRS building is giving that one up. He took it over on an emergency basis when somebody couldn't continue on with it, and just waiting for someone to bid on it so he could move on and just go back to his single place at the IRS. And after working at the IRS building one day this week, uh, the first day this week, uh, which uh, Tuesday I worked at Green, Wednesday I went to the IRS building, and what a difference between the two. The IRS building did about two and a half times what the Green building did on that same day. And it is just unbelievable how much busier it is. The green building, you can pretty much get by with one person in the store. There are times when two people would be good because somebody's got to make hot dogs when they sell out and things like that. Whereas at the IRS building, there always has to be two people because hot dogs are always selling. There's always lines. Kirk is actually going to put in a second checkout so that two people can ring at the same time. And it's just a big difference. It's incredible how big the difference is. The store's a lot bigger. The store's a lot nicer. But a couple of things that really caught my eye with the IRS building store, there's not as much refrigeration cases for the drinks. At the green building, there are probably 
four or five cold boxes in, in varying sizes. You've seen them at the supermarkets where Coke will have one at the checkout. There's one that size in, in the green building. And there's a little bit larger one also that you may have seen in convenience stores and whatnot. There are also ones that have the sliding doors that you would see at a, again, at convenience stores or other uh, other types of stores, maybe at, at CVS or whatever. Well, at the IRS building, there are three cold boxes out on the sales floor. One of them works. The other two don't. And one of them is, they have two that are look to me the, to be the same. The one that works, it has sliding doors and has the slots for the drinks where you can put cans and bottles and even two liter, or I'm sorry, not two liter, one liter waters. And the other one is identical, but it doesn't work. And then there's also one that you can put just about anything in. It's used, it's called a grab-and-go box. It's basically got a coffin case at the bottom where you could stack things. You could put drinks in that as well, but you could put salads and things like that. And then it's got shelves, uh, I think three shelves, uh, up on top of that. And again, it's all under refrigeration. So you would put like fruit cups and, and stuff like that. Or you could also, again, put drinks if you wanted to uh, and various other things. That, though, that box and, and one of the soda boxes doesn't work. Well, they can't fix those. And when Kirk reopened, the building was closed for over two years. When Kirk reopened the store a few months ago, he was able to get, they were able to come out and fix the one cold box that's working. The other one, the other two need to be soldered. And that, that's the issue. When you solder something in Philadelphia, you have to get what's called a burn permit. And I don't know if that is standard around the country in different municipalities. I don't know. But in Philadelphia, you have to get a burn permit. And what that is, is to show that, hey, they're doing some work here. If the fire alarm goes off, don't automatically send a million fire trucks to the location. It's a big building, so they would send many, many trucks because there's a lot of people there. Or at least Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday there are, and I'll get to that in a second. But he cannot get this burn permit for whatever. It's supposed to take a week or two, and it's been a month or two. And it is killing the business, even though it's super busy, somebody has to be restocking the soda box every couple of hours because you run out of product that's cold. So you run out of product that's cold, and then some people are ending up buying warm or just cool drinks instead of cold drinks. Overnight, obviously, we, we load it up at the end of the day, so it's good to go first thing. So... It's just stuff like that that kind of are turning me off. I, and again, I was never interested in doing one of these grab-and-go type locations because I don't want employees. I am friendly with many of my former employees from the various businesses that I've had, but I don't want that again. I don't want to miss, not that, not that I am going to have a grandchild soon, but I don't want to miss first Halloween like I did with one of my kids because all of the other managers couldn't work Halloween one year. And I don't want to miss things like that. That's just not what I'm interested in. I'm not interested changing money for time. If I have a business like the vending business or digital graphics design, when I could work on my own and I could work when I want, 
That's what I want. I want to be able to come and go. I don't want to be tied to something if something comes up. Even doing this work now with Kirk and learning this business, I, I feel bad because I had the Amtrak thing come up when I learned about it the other day. So I had to ask to make sure it would be okay to step out for an extra hour and a half that day because I don't know how the coverage is going to be. It's basically Kirk has three people that work that store. Him, Michelle, and myself. The other person that was going to come to that location is ending up staying at the green building with the new operator, who happens to be his sister-in-law, which of course makes sense. And it's good for her because he has a pretty good feel now of the business there and obviously knows a lot of the people that come in and buy stuff. So that was one of the turnoffs of the business enterprise program as far as that goes. You can't just go out and get someone to replace something or repair something. You have to go through them because it's their equipment. In a normal business, first of all, you'd have to pay for the equipment, which in the business enterprise program you don't. But in a normal circumstance, if you had the store, you'd call up one guy and say, hey, I need this box fixed. He said, oh, I can't do it until next Thursday. You call somebody else up. Oh, yeah, I can do it tomorrow as long as I can get the permit. And then they would get the permit and bing, bang, boom, it would be done. And again, if there's a, a week or two that you have to wait for the permit, okay, so be it. But at least you're starting on it sooner than an, another company. You're not tied to, uh, to one person to fix it. And so that kind of limits your potential. Again, all of the other things in the business enterprise program, you don't pay rent, you don't have to buy the equipment. The only thing you're really responsible for is the inventory. And that's what's so attractive to me. The inventory and the exclusivity of being in one of these state or federal facilities. Sometimes it's a military base. Sometimes it's a uh, rest stop on an interstate highway. Uh, a lot of different places. And to have that as an option just sounded good to me. Again, we know someone out in the western portion of Pennsylvania that has a couple of rest stops. You know, the place that has some fast food places and a little grab-and-go type place. He doesn't operate the grab-and-goes. He has all the vending machines in these locations, and they do very, very well. In the summer, he restocks them multiple times per week, and he makes a very good living. And we need it to basically cover the insurance that we were getting through Liz's job at Walden. Once we cover that and make a little bit extra, we're pretty good to go and happy with and happy with that. So that's what we're looking for. And I don't even know if we're going to be able to get in. I don't know if we're going to move before we do get in, whatever happens. But I'm interested in learning and I'll continue. As I said, this is a temporary situation working with Kirk because it, it is... There, I've got a lot of other things going on. It's affecting recording on with White Canes Connect. It's affecting me putting out I Can't See You episodes. So there's a lot of things going on, and I'll do it especially to help him. I really like him, and I know he really appreciates me coming in, and I appreciate all the things that I'm learning there. Some of it is not rocket science, and I've learned over the years, whether it was when I worked in my dad's stores or I worked in when I worked for Mitch Safran as a trainee 
when my dad said, hey, you, we, let's go buy a store and you learn how to do it. And, you know, at least while I'm available and in decent health, who knew that he was going to last another 20 years at that point or 25 years? Uh, while I'm here, if you have a store, even if it just does okay, I'll be able to show things that you can do and can't do and should do and shouldn't do, things like that. And so that was something that was that I really liked the idea of. So when I worked for Mitch, I learned every aspect of whether I worked in the deli for six or eight weeks, or I worked in the frozen department, or I worked in the courtesy booth. And that's the biggest thing that it, it, I'm having flashbacks from when I was a kid. And I started to work for my dad when I didn't want to go to summer camp when I was 10 years old or 11 years old. And some of the things are reminding me of the video store. For example, at the IRS building, Kirk has a popcorn popper like we used to have at the video store. Now, when I had the video store, we didn't really charge for the popcorn. You got it when you rented a certain number of movies. And if you wanted an extra bag, you paid, I, I don't remember, 25 cents or something like that. If I remember, a cost per bag back then was maybe around 20 cents, give or take. That includes the sleeve, the amount of popcorn, and so forth and so on. So getting a 25 cents, we were even making money on that. And if you wanted to buy it and you weren't renting three movies, uh, we would charge 50 cents. Well, Kirk has two different sizes, and I hate doing... He has a bag size, and the bag size, we charge $1.54. The bucket size, we charge $2.54, and there's also a butter component that you pay 25 cents, whether it's the small or the large uh, popcorn. That's tricky to put on when it's in the bag. Uh, I haven't squirted it all over my hand yet, but I'm sure that day will come. Uh, It's obviously a lot easier putting it in the bucket. So I know that he's making good money on that. And you need some things where you make a lot because there's a lot of waste, just like any other food. If you make too many hot dogs one day and you're stuck with a lot at the end of the day, he gives them away to the guards, who I found out the other day are carrying 9mm Glocks. Um, I don't know if I feel comfortable or not (laughs) with that. But at least I feel fairly safe in there unless one of them goes off the deep end. (laughs) So... Uh, so you have that waste. If you're if you're getting rid of four hot dogs that don't sell, that means you've got to sell about eight just to make up for that loss. Or if you have some things go bad p- past their expiration date, you throw it out. So now you've got to make up for that. So food, that was one thing that I always found. And I'll, I'll never forget, I was working at the store at Tri-State Mall, the, the supermarket there, when I was working for the guy that bought the stores from my dad. And somebody hit a telephone pole in Claymont, Delaware. That's where the store was located. And all of northern Delaware from the north part of Wilmington up to the Pennsylvania line, the power was out, knocked power out everywhere. And just imagine, I I think the store, it wasn't a large store. I want to say it was 35 or so thousand square feet. So by today's standards, not very big. Um, But... Just imagine scrambling to cover all of the open cases. Some cases have the glass doors on that shut automatically and so forth. Those are pretty safe for a few hours because everything is contained. But, you know, the dairy cases are open. They're open face, kind of like that grab and go. If you know where you, when you get eggs, you know how they're in the open, the, they're usually down on the bottom and they're piled high 
by size. And then there's shelves above them also in the cold box. That's how a lot of these cases were. The, all of the dairy department, some cases in the deli department. And at this store, the freezer sections were coffin cases. And it's like it sounds, they were the kind that you have to reach in. And uh, I know the Trader Joe's where we go in media has coffin cases. I think all the Trader Joe's that I've been to have coffin cases and then non-refrigerated shelves above them. So you know what that is. It's just basically, they look like coffins or bathtubs or whatever. So we're scrambling to get cardboard out of the baler to cover up so to kind of kind of insulate but the power was out for four hours they lost thousands and thousands of dollars of merchandise that day because there were certain time limits on on some products and so forth and so on so i don't remember what the number was it was (laughs) it was 1986 so that number wouldn't even matter today (laughs) so when it came time and a friend of mine told me he was looking at West Coast video and it was after this incident. I thought, you know what, maybe, maybe a small store like that would be a good way to get things going. I I was only 21 years old and I could move forward from there. And so I did the video store and I left the supermarket and I think my dad was disappointed, although he did love coming in and setting up the candy in the, in the video store and, and straightening that every morning that gave him something to do. A lot of days he would take me in, um, if Liz was going to work or something was going on with the kids or whatever. So he, he would come pick me up and take me in and then get some things for my mom at one of the local stores in the same shopping center and so forth. So, so doing this blind bodega, this grab and go just isn't something that I want to do. There's no way to scale it. There's no way to scale it without employees. And I don't want employees because sometimes employees don't show up and sometimes employees quit without giving you notice. And sometimes employees steal And I don't want to deal with that. That's the beauty of digital graphics. And that would be the beauty of the vending because it would only be Liz and I. And if we needed extra help, I'm sure Jacob could pitch in when we needed him. Not that he could drive and we could go there, but he would be able to help with Liz or with me when we're loading up some machines. If it's an especially busy weekend and we want to get it done quickly, whatever, it would just be a, a good thing. But of course, we don't know where we're going to stay, whether we're going to stay in Pennsylvania or move somewhere else. Again, I I would love to move to a beach-type area um, the way the dollar and the euro are as of late, almost parity. As of recording, it's about a a dollar two buys you a euro. I I don't know that you're going to get much, much closer than that, but that just makes things a lot more attractive along the Mediterranean coast in Spain, France, or Italy to me. And to buy something there with a lower cost of living where I would still be able to do any kind of website, content site, whatever you want to call it, whether I'm doing it for a client or I'm doing it for myself, that's just very attractive to me. And then Liz would have to obviously find something to do as well. Insurance would obviously be a lot less and so forth. So I'm looking forward to that, to see what happens either that way or with the business enterprise program. Again, I'll continue on until we figure out exactly what's going to happen. And maybe we don't do anything uh, within the next year and we just stick here to Swarthmore and we plan it out a little bit where we can 
go and look. It's hard to go to a place and say, hey, we're going to go live here without ever being there. Now, we've been to Nice before, and I don't think I can afford France. I don't think Liz and I can afford France uh, as far as the property values go. To get something of what we want, three bedrooms, two bath, 1,200 to 1,500 square feet, I think would be a little bit too pricey. Spain, on the other hand, and Italy, on the other hand, I think is more doable. And we'll, we'll just have to see. I'd like to go to some places. I'd like to do more research. Um, I was hoping that this fall we would be able to go to visit a few places, but it doesn't look like that's going to happen at this point. And, you know, we'll just have to see. And right now Liz is getting a resume together and uh, we'll start putting feelers out for what she's going to do and uh, what's going to go on with her. It's been nice, though, because the way Walden, and, and this is the first time I'll probably ever say this, years ago, when Liz was working at Walden, it might have even been before we bought the beauty business, they went from paying just during the school year to spreading it out over the 12 months. The beauty of that now is that Liz will continue to get paid for another, I think, two or three paychecks. So we have that money to still use. And so it's not, we don't have to bust our butts to find her something. So she has it. We can still buy the insurance through the school. Obviously, they're not covering any portion of it now, like they did a small portion of it when we were, when she was working there. But at least we have that. But it's expensive. And I want to make sure we have a decent insurance for, for her and I. And I, I know the medicines that I take are, are expensive, or at least the medicine. Uh, I don't know how many thousands of dollars it costs, but it's not cheap. Once we have her resume done in the next week or so, then she can begin to look. I'm just about done, blindtechshow.com. And I'm hoping that at the end of this week, I will be able to launch the other site that I'm working on, flightforsight.net. Uh, we had a date, and that was supposed to be for today, the 9th, but I didn't have a lot of the content, so I couldn't really put stuff up. And then, hustling to put it up, I had asked someone to help me out with it. Whether he did something or I did something, I couldn't get into the, I couldn't get into the site last night to do anything else. Fortunately, the client had already started a email campaign uh, to grab email addresses from MailChimp. So we had linked the homepage to the MailChimp account. And I told him, look, you can just put the links that you want up for this. He was doing a talk today. For the talk, you can still send people to flightforsight.net and they'll see the link there and they can go through and apply for the grant. It's a, it's a very cool idea. And once the site goes live, we're going to have them on White Canes Connect to talk about uh, Flight for Sight, which is very cool, helping blind folks travel and go to things that they really would love to do and doing it independently to show other blind folks and visually impaired folks, hey, you can do it. And, uh, and they provide grants to do that. And it would be very cool to, uh, to do that. And I, I think because, again, I like, to, I like the idea of traveling. I like the idea of doing things on my own. And, um, and so it's, it's just a, a lot of good stuff uh, that he's doing. And, uh, and once I do have Mike on, uh, White Canes Connect, I'll talk about that here. And then you could have a listen over there. And uh, 
So that would be a lot of great things. And one thing I forgot to mention, I, my last day at the William Green building, going back to the, the blind bodega, was Thursday. Well, Thursday morning here in the Philadelphia area, it was raining. Traffic was a problem. Uh, getting in on the train took longer. I don't know if there were down lines or if there were signal problems because the day before there were signal problems, signal problems, and it took a long time to get home that day. And then Thursday morning, the next morning, yeah, you might have still had the signal problems. It, it felt like we were walking. In fact, when the train stopped, it felt like it was still moving. That's how slow it had been going. But everything about that morning was just, I knew I was going to be there by myself, which isn't a big deal other than when I had to go to the bathroom, the bathroom is around the corner down the hallway. So I have to close the gate to the store, go to the bathroom. And two, two minutes round trip from closing the gate to getting back and opening the gate. So as I'm walking into the building, not even in the door of the, the main door of the building, I get a call from the pretzel girl. She's there. Now, there had been an incident a couple days earlier with one of the parking lot guys, security guys, who was giving her the what for because of where she had stopped her car so I could grab the pretzels out of. And he kept saying, you can't park here. She said, I'm not parked. I'm just making this delivery. And she's handing me the pretzels and I give her the money. She says, wait, you have double here. I said, yeah, I'm supposed to pick up the other. And he's in my face and in her face. And I said, she's going to get me this bag of pretzels. I'm going to go. It's my fault. I was late coming out. I couldn't get the cash drawer open. And I couldn't get the cash drawer open because Tyler had shut down the iPad, which is the main part of the register the day before. Well, the case that this iPad is in, this setup that has a swipe reader on it so you can swipe a credit card if they don't have a chip, this whole case, I didn't know how to open it. I didn't know how to open it to turn the unit on. So I had to call and talk to Michelle, uh, or I actually, I guess I texted, and they had to walk me through it, how to do it, and finally I got it to come on and then I could get the cash drawer open. I know there's a key somewhere, but I don't know where the key is. It would have been too long to try and find that key. So I got them. I had to take the money out of the till to go pay for the pretzels. So that went on. Then there was no internet connection. And when there's no internet connection, the device that uh, you tap the credit card on uh, wasn't, wasn't able to be read. Uh, or I, I guess it was reading it, but it couldn't verify the payment in the card because there was no internet. So just all sorts of things like that. And I thought, how fitting on the last day of this for me was it that all that stuff was going on? I mean, I'm telling you, it was just every step of the way. Put hot dogs on and then my timer goes off. I had this line of customers in the store because everything was 20% off because Kirk didn't want to move it, which made sense. He wanted to turn it into money and move as little as possible. And in my opinion was to not move anything, just leave it there because I don't think it would have been worth bringing it all over for what you were going to spend everybody, he was going to have to hire a few guys, he was going to rent a U-Haul, and it just didn't make sense. But that's what he wanted to do, and so we were just trying to sell the stuff down as much as we could. So the hot dog timer goes off in my phone, and I probably kept ringing for another 10 or 15 minutes, and hot dogs only take 12 minutes, so they were double cooked. <laughs> and as I told Liz, I said, some may say they're a little dark, but I'd still cook them longer if it was for me, so... So uh, nobody complained about them. And again, they were also 20% off. So it, it all worked out, I guess. So that's all I have this week. I really do appreciate listening to 
episode 187 of the I Can't See You podcast. Remember, Prime Day coming up in a couple days' time from now. And if you do shop at Amazon, I really would appreciate if you use my affiliate link, icantseeyou.com slash Amazon. And again, it doesn't cost you anything to use that link. And I do earn a small commission when you make purchases through it. Uh, you want to reach out to the show, please do so. 646-926-6350. Again, 646-926-6350. Leave your name in town if you do leave a voicemail so I know who I'm listening to. And you can also give me some ideas. Episode 200 is coming up in 13 episodes. See how I did the math there? You can do it on your own if, if you need paper and pen to try to figure it out. But should I do a clip show? Should I do something special or just make it a normal show? You let me know. And again, you can also reach out via email, I can't see you podcast at gmail.com. Whether you have questions, comments, show ideas, whatever you've got, again, I can't see you podcast at gmail.com. As always, show notes are available at I can't see you.com slash 187. And that doesn't stand for murder. Again, I can't see you.com slash 187. Remember, I can't see you sounds like a whole sentence, but it's only seven characters long. Thank you so much for listening. I really do appreciate it. Be safe, stay well, and I'll talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to the I Can't See You podcast with David. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. And don't forget to share the podcast with your friends.